hi, this is Valerie. Today is the last day of November. And as I mentioned in my last podcast episode, November is a great time to bring awareness to things that we don't want, that we say no to, or that we are just not comfortable with. This could obviously be a number of things, but I am specifically focusing on sex and any unwanted physical contact. Although we all know it's possible for a male to sexually assault another male and a female to assault another female and for a female to um, sexually assault or rape a male, for this episode, I am going to focus on statistics and information regarding women being sexually assaulted by men. The last episode that I posted was about rape culture. And the reason I posted that first was because that episode set the foundation for anything else this episode included, but anything else in the future that I talk about regarding um, sexual assault or consent, because the culture that we live in is the reason that this is so widespread and such an issue. Um, As I mentioned in the last episode, I read quotes from politicians that were absolutely disgusting, and it just kind of showed, um, not kind of, it did show the society that we live in and why people don't report and how this is able to still continue. Um, Because of rape culture, most people don't understand how serious this issue is. And it's come to my attention more and more, um, especially that I'm working on podcast episodes and writing a lot of things down, reading a lot of articles. Um, It's come to my attention even more that Many, I would go so far even to say most boys and men don't seem to understand the basic principle of consent, which is mind-blowing to me because you would think that the whole concept of no means no is very straightforward, but apparently it's not. Um, I'm going to go into that in a minute, but I wanted to read a statistic just so everybody understands how this affects women. 94% of women, 94% experience post-traumatic stress disorder after a sexual assault. Victims of sexual assault are three times more likely to suffer from depression, six times more likely to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, 13 times more likely to abuse alcohol, 26 times more likely to abuse drugs, and four times more likely to contemplate suicide. Some responses after a sexual assault, shock and denial, fear, silence, anxiety, depression, guilt and blame, low self-esteem, isolation, nightmares and flashbacks, mood swings, loss of confidence, loss of trust, PTSD, flashbacks, memories. This episode can really be useful for everybody, but especially for boys um, as young as middle school, um, definitely high school, and even adults. 
because what I've realized is that even people who understand the basic idea of no means no, which is great, um, there's a lot more to it. Um, not only does no mean no, but a lot of other things mean no as well. So I don't think a lot of people understand this and I need everybody to understand this. So a woman might say no, which 100% means no. She might say maybe and be unsure. That also means no. Um, just, you know, being unsure, saying I'm not ready, not right now. Um, you know, no thanks. Uh, let's just watch TV. I don't really feel like it right now. Uh, you know, just give, giving the male the, um, it, like I said, even maybe means no. So just because a girl didn't actually say the word no, even silence, this is something really important to understand. Even if a woman or a girl is silent, that means no as well. The absence of no is not consent. If you have to convince them, it's not consent. Flirting is not consent. Silence is not consent. If they don't feel free to say no, it's not consent. No is a complete sentence. It does not require justification or explanation. I'm going to read something I saw on the Me Too Instagram page. I just like the way they worded it. It gets the point across and it's something that everybody needs to understand. It says there is no such thing as consensual sex. Sex implies consent. If it is not consensual, it is not sex. It is assault. Sexual assault is when you are forced, coerced, or tricked into doing sexual things when you don't want to. Sexual assault is a form of sexual violence and covers a wide range of unwanted sexual behaviors that can involve strangers or people you know. If you're listening to this episode but haven't listened to the previous episode about rape culture, I will just give you a very uh, short, you know, summary of what I talked about in the last episode as far as my story. Um, I was 20 years old. It was a month before my 21st birthday. I went on a job interview um, for a massage therapist position for a chiropractor, and um, basically without getting into all the details, um, he rapes me in the office and I didn't report the rape for two years. And the only reason I did report it was because I saw him on the news because he sexually assaulted a patient and was taking pictures of her. She grabbed the camera, locked herself in the bathroom, called the police handed over the camera. And as soon as I, you know, saw the story on the TV, um, I knew that I was ready and that it was time for me to tell the police what happened to me. So I reported the rape. Um, other women came forward and we eventually went to court and he was convicted of one count of rape um, and multiple counts of other sexual assaults. And he spent about nine years in prison 
and I think it was lowered to 45 years of probation. I think it was originally 50 or 55, and it went down to 45 years of probation. And he's also a registered sex offender. His license was revoked. Um, anyway, my point of the story is because I was just talking about how there's no such thing as consensual sex, because sex implies that both people uh, are willingly, you know, um, having sex. And if it's not consensual, then it's just flat out sexual assault or rape. So when um, the case at the pretrial, his lawyers were trying to basically tell me, they weren't really asking me, they said, isn't it true that, you know, the sex was consensual? So they were at a point where they couldn't deny that these things happened. Um, there were too many women, you know, claiming different things. I think at that point they were in a tough spot. Um, well, he was in a tough spot. So they couldn't deny that these acts happened. So really their only chance to help him as, you know, his attorney, really the only shot they had was to turn around and kind of blame the victims, which was really messed up. Um, but I guess that's what they're paid for. I don't know. Um, so I was on the stand and they said they weren't denying that sex happened, but they said, isn't it true that it was consensual? And of course I said, absolutely not. Um, not only did I say no, stop multiple times, um, there was a point where I actually just froze because I was, you know, in shock. I was kind of paralyzed and like shutting down, like almost like an out of body experience. I couldn't believe that that was actually happening. I never in a million years thought that would happen to me. And I'm sure so many, um, sexual assault survivors feel that way. I know that's a common thing. Um, so as I mentioned in the last episode, if you would have, if you would have asked me before I was raped, you know, what do you think you would do in that situation? I would 100% have said, oh, I would fight back and bite and kick and scream and run away. But then I was in this really vulnerable situation where I, um, you know, this, not that it matters because it does not, but what contributed to me feeling very vulnerable and terrified um, was that physically this man was around six foot six and like, I don't know, 250 pounds. He like literally was the biggest person I've ever seen in my life. Um, and at that point, and I've heard this a lot from sexual assault rape survivors as well, is um, at that point, my mind switched from, you know, no, I don't want this to happen to I just want to get out of here alive. And I just started thinking he could hurt me or kill me very easily. So I my body just kind of shut down, I froze. Um, like I said, after saying no multiple times that happened, I kind of just froze at that point, I realized like it was going to happen. And I just wanted to get out of there alive. That became really the important, um, that became more important than anything was just me getting out of there. Um, so 
Anyway, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm tired. I'm on um, estrogen blocking medication and I, throughout the whole night, I um, was having hot flashes. So I am tired, but I really wanted to get this episode out because, um, you know, for the whole November saying no to things and it's the last day of November. So I was just like, woke up today and I was like, even though I'm so tired, I want to get this episode out today. Um so sorry if I'm all over the place, just try to follow and stick with me. Um, so anyway, I'm bringing this up because of, I really like how that was worded, um, what I just read about sex implies consent, and if it's not consensual, it's not sex, it's assault. Something else that I really liked, um, just the way it was worded, it says, I know this may be hard to hear, but if you find yourself having all-consuming thoughts, trying to discern if what happened to you was sexual assault, please remember that you don't think to even consider if it was sexual assault after engaging in a healthy and consensual sexual encounter. Basically meaning if you were in a situation with a boy or a man and you wanted um you know, the physical contact and you enjoyed it and you, you know, openly wanted it, then you would never go home at the end of the day and question, was that sexual assault? So I really love how that's worded. I think every, you know, woman especially needs to hear that because a lot of times we question ourselves. I even questioned myself after I was raped. I questioned myself up until he decided to plead guilty to all the charges. Um, at the actual trial, I did not even have to testify. He did not want me to testify, which is fine. Um, not that I'm giving him any credit for anything. He just, you know, selfishly didn't want the court to, to hear what, you know, he did to me. But what I'm saying is, um, even though I was on a job interview and I was wearing hospital scrubs and I was 20 years old and, you know, on some level I knew realistically I didn't do anything to deserve that. I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but it, it's, it's like a really messy situation and it can cause your mind to play tricks on you, which I didn't understand until I was in that situation. Before I was raped, I have heard, you know, I had heard stories about women not reporting and it's very easy to judge until you're in that situation. So there were definitely times where I would hear a story and I would say, oh my God, why didn't she run to the police and report it? You know, this is why it keeps happening. And, and then after it happened to me, obviously I stopped judging people and saying that because then I was that person. I didn't run to the police and report it. I didn't even tell my friends and family. I completely shut down. It was almost like I wanted to pretend um, that it didn't happen. That was my way of dealing with it. Um, and, you know, I, I was just in complete shock. So again, I'm all over the place. Um, my point is I, it's crazy to me, even looking back at it, that that's what I was telling myself. At the end of the day, I was thinking there must have been something. There had to have been something I did or said or that made him think it was okay to rape me, which is crazy, but that's what I thought. And I remember, I remember being in court and I remember him looking at the judge 
and pleading guilty to the rape. And in that moment, it was like a weight, like the whole weight of the world was off my, you know, off my heart, off my chest, off my shoulders, because I was like, wow, I really didn't do anything to deserve this. And it really isn't my fault. And he really is just a sexual predator. But up until that moment, I questioned myself almost every single day. And another thing that happened was I, um, I had a lot of guilt. That was actually worse than the rape itself was the guilt that I carried for two years thinking if I, you know, reported this, I I knew the way he, the way he acted, I knew for a fact, this was not the first time he sexually assaulted somebody. Um, it was very calculated and planned. So I was thinking, you know, by not going to the police, he's, I'm allowing him to continue doing this to other people. But like I said, I just couldn't bring myself to go to the police. I didn't think they would believe me. And I just kept thinking, if I go to the police and they don't believe me, um, that's going to be really embarrassing and hurtful and I will feel worse. And if they do believe me and it goes to trial, you know, he, he can afford the best lawyers out there. He has tons of money. He's a doctor. Um, so what if the lawyers rip me apart and make me look bad on the stand somehow? And what if they, what if I go through all of that and he still doesn't, you know, get convicted? So these were the thoughts going through my mind. So I've since then let the guilt go um, because I think it all played out the way it was supposed to. And I was, you know, he eventually did spend, you know, I don't know, eight or nine years in prison, which is great. Um, But, you know, victims of sexual assault go through so many different things that I don't know if it's possible for other people to understand unless you've actually gone through it. Unfortunately, a lot of times, as I said, going back to rape culture, it's insane, but a lot of times sexual assault victims are actually blamed. People will look at them and say, well, why were you wearing that outfit? Why were you drinking? Why were you, why did you have so much makeup on? Why were you flirting? Well, guess what? None of those things matter and none of those things turn a man into a rapist. Um, I read something really interesting to put that in perspective a few months ago that said, um, you know, just like you wouldn't tell a child um, that what they were wearing caused somebody to be a pedophile, it's the same for adults. It doesn't matter what you're wearing or, you know, in other words, we as women don't have to be modest Um, and completely covered up and, you know, sitting quietly in the corner, um, that has nothing to do with rape or sexual assault. And my case is the perfect example of that. Because as I mentioned, I was wearing hospital scrubs, and I actually had a t-shirt on under my scrubs. I was completely covered up. I was 20 years old on a job interview. So, um, that just kind of puts it in perspective for everybody that, you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with where you are, what you're doing, whether you're drinking or not drinking, you know, whether you're flirting or not flirting, it's completely irrelevant to the situation. 
we as women are allowed to dress however we want. We can wear makeup. We can drink. We can have fun. We can dance. We can flirt. We can do all of those things. And that is not an invitation for unwanted sexual advances. Um, And that's something that men need to get through their heads. Um, I think a lot of times, let's just say a man is at a bar and, you know, a woman has a tight short dress on and makeup and high heels and she's drinking. That's the scenario. It's almost like there's something in a lot of men's minds that says, you know, she came here looking to hook up or have sex with somebody. And that's not the case. And, you know, another thing I read that puts it in perspective said, instead of the message in society, in our culture, being don't rape and don't drug people, because that's the bottom line. They're the, that's really what we should be teaching, um, you know, our kids, like, Hurting people is not okay. Touching people when they don't want to be touched is not okay. Obviously, drugging somebody is not okay. But instead of those messages being sent out, really what the message is, don't leave your drink alone because, you know, you'll be, you could be drugged. Um, Don't go out and get drunk. Don't wear that dress. It's, again, it's all on the victim. It's victim shaming, victim blaming. And that's just a huge part of rape culture. If a woman wants to have sex with a man, I think it's safe to say she will let you know. And what I mean by that is if you ask a woman to have sex or try to have sex with a woman, you'll know right then and there immediately if she wants to or not. If you're trying to talk her into it or convince her or over time wear her down to the point where she just says yes to shut you up, that's not okay. And that's not consensual sex. Sex takes the consent of two people. If one person is lying there not doing anything because they're not ready or not in the mood or just don't want to, but the other person is having sex with their body, It's not love, it's rape. I talked to somebody the other night. I'm sorry if you can hear that in the background. It's my cats. Anyway, I talked to somebody recently And I said, how many times do you think you tried to have sex with this woman or, you know, brought it up? And he looked at me and he said, probably six times. And I had to explain to him that that's five times too many. I said, I'll give you the first time just because of hormones and age and all these other factors. I said, I won't blame you for the first time that you asked this person to have sex or tried to have sex. But the issue is that she shut him down. She said, no, I don't want that. 
100% no. So what I had to explain to him was that the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, and the sixth time were not okay. And he looked very confused and shocked at what I was saying. It was like a new concept to him that he was trying to wrap his brain around. Um, and what I realized, though, during this conversation was that it's not just him. I think a lot of men need to hear that because it's not just something that happens. You know, for me, it was on a job interview for it, it just, you know, literally countless situations where a woman could be raped. But another issue um, that makes it such a complicated topic is that a lot of times it's somebody we know. Most of the time it's somebody we know. But that being said, it could also be a boyfriend. Um, it could be a husband, um, which wasn't recognized until I would have to look it up. I'm sorry, I don't have the year in front of me. But up until not that long ago, um, even if a husband raped his wife, it wasn't considered rape because they would just say, well, you're married. That's your husband. He can't rape you, which is crazy. Um, but even for younger kids, teenagers, um, you know, you could be in a relationship and you could be sexually assaulted or raped. And I think we all need to understand that it's not just going to be some stranger in an alley somewhere, which is usually the first thing that comes to mind. If you have kids, it's very important to teach your sons that everything that I'm saying, that no means no, that silence means no, you know, when they're younger, just in general, to keep your hands to yourself. Um, and that goes for boys and girls, um, you know, as far as bullying and just any unwanted touching in general, kids need to understand to keep your hands to yourself, respect people's boundaries, but specifically with consent and um, what I'm talking about today, you know, the older they get, you need to make sure your sons understand um, to respect a woman. Um, you need to give them the right message so that they grow up having that instilled in them. Um it's, it's really important. And then for, you know, our daughters, what we need to teach them is that number one, any unwanted touching can come from anybody, which I know is very uncomfortable to talk about sometimes, especially with kids. But as I just mentioned, it's not, it's usually not going to be a stranger or, you know, some creep walking down the street. Uh, many times it's, it could be a parent, it could be a family member, it could be a close family friend, it could be a coach, a teacher, a priest, it could be anybody. And that is something for kids to understand at a very young age because they are not with us all the time. They are at school. It could happen at school. They do activities, you know, they play sports or they go to dance. There are plenty of times we drop our children off, um, even for a play date. I mean, we we drop our kids off all the time and we trust them with other adults. And, you know, we have to let them live our li their lives and do things without us. But at the same time, there's always a chance that this could happen. 
Um, so it's very important that they understand, um, you know, I just wanted to mention since I'm on the topic that I went to Catholic school for 12 years. And for the first eight years, I, um, you know, I was at the same school from first to eighth grade and we were taught to look at the priests as basically the next step like away from God, like they were the closest to God. We were just taught that to respect them and put them on a pedestal. So we did. Um, I didn't know until high school that several of the boys I was friends with um, from first to eighth grade were molested by the priests. And I also found out that a few, not all, of these boys actually did tell their parents when it was happening, um, but the parents did not believe them, and they were victim-blaming and victim-shaming um, their own kids, saying, I can't believe you would accuse a priest of doing something like that, and um, that just goes back to one of the reasons why people don't report because these boys were reaching out to their parents like a cry out for help and their parents weren't believing them. Um, most of the boys, as far as my understanding, um, did not tell their parents and didn't tell anybody because they were, again, um, in shock and, you know, shamed and terrified and didn't know what to do. And um, it wasn't until high school that these stories started coming out and lawsuits against the church and the priest. Um, you know, and that brings up a whole other topic of rape culture, which I wasn't going to talk about in this episode. I wanted to focus on consent, but it's kind of just coming up. So I'll just go with it. Um, part of rape culture is you know, the cover-ups that happen with these huge organizations, one being the Catholic Church, um, that was a huge cover-up. Um, and, you know, you look at the, the, the cases that are out there, um, the Olympic, you know, the Olympic organization covering up what that doctor was doing to these gymnasts and um, the Penn State case. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There are huge organizations that are, you would think would protect the people um, that, you know, the church. You would think that the people, maybe not the priests, but you would think that maybe the higher ups would try to protect children. But the specific priests involved in um, the cases at the school that I went to, I also found out that those priests were doing stuff to other kids um, at schools before that. And instead of number one, they should have been arrested and prosecuted. But besides that, um, the last thing in the world they should be doing is transferring them to another school to traumatize and hurt more kids. It's completely insane. It's completely unacceptable. Um, so you know, just in a general sense, I just want to bring up the fact that um, cover-ups, even with huge, organ, you know, respected organizations like the church, are a huge part of rape culture. And it's really no surprise that, um, you know, victims are very hesitant to come forward. Keeping sexual abuse a secret is not going to make it stop. It's really important that we talk about it. But I want to elaborate on that statement because I don't 
ever want women to think that I'm saying you have to go report what happened to you because I didn't report for two years. And if I didn't see that story on the news, I probably never would have reported it. So I'm not saying you have to go report what happened to you. And, you know, if you are comfortable with that, then that's great. And you should definitely do that. But what I am talking about right now is that you don't want to keep it to yourself. Like I said before, when I was raped, I didn't tell anybody in my family or any of my friends. Um, That's how much I shut it down internally. And that is not healthy emotionally, mentally, or physically. When you hold things in like that, they will eventually catch up with you on all of those levels, um, you know, even physically. Uh, it's, it's kind of obvious that mentally and emotionally those things would catch up with you and cause some kind of trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's not always as obvious to us um, that holding these things in, um, these traumatic experiences such as rape or sexual assault. Obviously, there are tons of other traumatic experiences that we can go through in our lives, but right now we're talking about rape and sexual assault. When you keep that to yourself um, and keep it bottled up, it can manifest into different health conditions, um, cancer being one of them, um, but it can really manifest in different ways in your body. Um, So it's really important to just even if it's just one person, just find somebody that you trust and can talk to. Um, I think a lot of us have a friend or a family member that we can open up to. And if not, there are hotlines you can call. Um, But it is just crucial that when something like that happens to you, you don't keep it in to yourself because it is going to catch up with you in the long run. And it really will just tear you apart. If you feel like you don't have anybody that you are comfortable speaking with about rape or sexual assault, one um, phone number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. And like I said, it's just, it is just so important that you tell somebody and you get that off your chest because the more you internalize it, the more you overthink it and just start, like I said, I was that person. I thought somehow, some way it was my fault. And that's really the only thing I guess I can say I regret is holding that in um, and putting myself through that torture. Um, Not, you know, I, I actually don't regret not telling my family what I was thinking to myself was, I was protecting them. I I really just didn't want to, I didn't want them to be upset or worry about me. I was more worried about them. Um, but I didn't even want to tell my best friend. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody. So, you know, if I could go back, I think the only thing I would have done differently was um, opened up to my close friends. Just, I don't think I would have reported it. Because like I said, I just didn't think that um, me going to the police by myself as a 20-year-old 
Um, I, I just didn't think that he would be convicted. So um, I, I just do wish that I reached out to somebody, even if it was somebody, you know, calling a 1-800 number. Um, because I put myself through um, a lot just keeping this information to myself and, um, you know, blaming myself, wondering what I could have done differently. And I just encourage anybody who's experienced, you know, not just rape, that's just one type of sexual assault, any, any type of sexual assault, um, you know, you need to talk to somebody about it. So to any guys listening to this episode, I just want to make sure I'm perfectly clear. No means no, but so does I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'd rather do something else. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think so. Not right now. Maybe another time. This doesn't feel right. Maybe we should wait. I don't think I want to do this anymore. I want to leave. All of those things. And also a woman being quiet, they all mean no. And everybody needs to understand that and respect that. For any girls or women that are listening, I want you to understand that you are in charge of your body and nobody can tell you what to do, what to do or not to do with your body. Um, you know, like I said earlier, priests, teachers, um, doctors, coaches, family members, anybody, any human is capable of, you know, touching you in a way that you don't want to be touched or sexually assaulting you. Um, so I don't ever want you to think that, You know, look at what happened to the gymnast, the Olympic gymnast. They were almost brainwashed into thinking that, you know, what he was doing to them was okay because he was their doctor. It was almost, they couldn't even fathom that this doctor would be doing pelvic examinations and that that was sexual assault because if he told them that it was just necessary for their you know, uh, treatment that they believed him because really just for the simple fact that he was a doctor. Um, so, you know, unfortunately this is the world we live in. Unfortunately, this is the truth. And I think it needs to be discussed and just put out in the open. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. Nobody really likes to talk about these things that I talk about you know, trauma and cancer and death and sexual assault and rape, but not talking about it isn't doing any good. It's happening all day, every day to so many people. And the only way we're going to um, make any progress and move in the right direction in this rape culture that we live in is to talk about it. And the more people that talk about it and the more people that report and the more people that are prosecuted. Um, we just need to, we need to stop keeping these things inside and keeping it hush hush and, 
it, there's no, absolutely no good comes out of that. Please share this episode. Everybody needs to understand what consent is and that not only does no mean no, but that a lot of other things mean no and even silence means no. So please share this episode and also feel free to reach out to me if you have a story you want to share, um, you know, even if it's just personally to me or if you would like me to share your story as a blog or maybe be interviewed, just let me know. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to reach out, you can email me at ValerieDancingInTheRain at gmail.com. And my name is spelled V-A-L-A-R-I-E, DancingInTheRain at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support.